Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Jens Nelson. I'm Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So today, it's Sunday, and I guess at least when we're recording this, and it feels like it's been quite a long time since you and I sat down on a Sunday to record. We've we've been in this like routine, this little bit of a... Uh, up and down season between holidays and crazy work schedules and school and all that where we've like recorded on a couple of my lunches on Mondays you know the day before an episode drops so it's kind of nice to sit down to relax to kick it uh, and hang with my homie Lucas here so I mean we haven't done this in a while how you doing man what's what's on your plate what what sort of things are going on in your life maybe you know let people know what's going on because maybe people do actually care about what happens outside of the the 30 minutes that they hear us talk about theology maybe i mean we are pretty interesting or something i don't know um my semester just started so well first of all my my it feels like my life just sort of restarted after being stuck at home for just about two weeks with covid um getting back to work this past week and then also the semester starting Back in back in the classroom, you know, all my classes have met once each at this point, and I'm really excited for the semester. Got some some cool um, like papers that I'm already thinking through what I'm gonna what topics I'm gonna cover, and um, I'm learning I'm learning Aramaic. Ooh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna you Dr. better uh, Doctor uh, Allen Doctor Allen Ross. Oh, yeah, Doctor Allen Ross is teaching me Aramaic as we go through the Book of Daniel. Not yeah, me. I mean, everyone right. in my class. But <laughs> no, just you. Everyone else is just going to learn it in English. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did tell us that the best teaching experience of his entire career was the first time he taught this Daniel and Aramaic class, and only one student took it. Wow. That's crazy. So he, he'd probably like And he also said that he was sure that was that student's favorite class ever as well. So. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I can't imagine like being one student enrolled in a collegiate course. It'd be so much better. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't want to say that, like, I guess, you know, depending on your personality and the professor's personality, I'm sure that it could lead to some issues. It but I think be, as far yeah. as learning goes, I like to have that. the way it was supposed to be. Like mentorship, yeah, it's like almost like one an on one, as opposed mentor. to just like a, a open air auditorium or something. Yeah, exactly. So I think that'd be cool, but alas, you know, there's I don't know how many of us there are a normal class size amount for for Beeson. So hmm. so I'm excited about this this semester. I think that there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, and hopefully some cool episode ideas come out of it that I can get to like, you know, share a little bit of the the topics at least that we're covering. And, uh, you know, I think it's super interesting. Maybe everyone else will, too. No, I, I what personally... What about you? What's... No, I, yeah. I, I personally love when you come up with episode ideas that are sort of birthed from your classes. And if nothing else, you at least better drop some Aramaic knowledge on this podcast at some point. Like some, oh, some well, here, word... He gave, or... us, he, he gave us a freebie okay. in our first class. So this is, this is, this is a, a little Hebrew and Aramaic. So you, you might remember... You'll, you, I mean, I'm sure you'll remember this. So, in Hebrew, the definite article, the word the, goes at the beginning of the word. Mm-hmm. So, Av is father, 
the father is Ha'av, right? In Aramaic, it goes at the end. So, Av is father, and Abba is the father. Hmm. As in, our hearts now cry out, Abba, father. There you go. They cry that's out why, the father. That's why Abba means what it means in the New Testament. Because There you go. Aramaic. Uh, s- simple as. Ooh, <laughs> wow. I feel, I feel like we could end it right there. This was supposed to be about Hebrews 13, verse 2, and now we just got some Aramaic knowledge dropped. So, thank you for tuning into this episode. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I guess to answer your question, I've been doing all right. Life's been a little bit crazy. I, I think I've mentioned maybe once or twice on air, but I, I took on a, a side gig, uh, a, a part-time job, apart from my my normal you know nine to five, where uh, I'm working at a record store, which is super cool. If you know me, you know that I'm into records. I'm into music. Been collecting records. I, I still. I this is tangential, but I, I was going back. Um, through the app time hop and i had over christmas break a a time hop show up of me holding up two records back in 2011 so there i am like christmas morning of 2021 and i'm like wow i was getting these two records 10 years ago and at that point i had already had a handful of records already and so i mean i've been collecting records for the better part of a decade or more i'm thinking it's closer to 12 or 13 years so that's that's pretty cool pretty crazy um and so, yeah, taking on this part-time job at a record store, there have been some weeks where I've worked 60 hours between my two jobs, uh, which feels kind of crazy to say. And I know like when I was doing ministry, I was doing that on the regular, but it didn't always feel like it. But it feels like it now when you're working two distinct jobs. And um, I mean, so I'm, I, I usually only work two days a week, sometimes three, but one of the days is Wednesday. So I'm, I work from 7 a.m. until 9 p.m. Uh, on, on Wednesdays because I have to go in early. I work seven to four instead of eight to five. Um, that way I can get to the record store by four 30 cause it's a half an hour drive. So there's like this half an hour window where I'm driving, but other than that, I'm working from seven to nine. Uh, so those are long days, but then I also work a weekend day. Like I worked yesterday from 10 to three, which isn't too bad. And then I look through some records after that. So that's been like the only like significant change in my life. Uh, other than like car troubles that came up last week unexpectedly while I was at my record store job. I was on my break and I was just going to go drive to McDonald's to get some food and a drink and my car broke down and I was like, wonderful. So I had to, I had to leave it in Janesville. My wife had to come pick me up. You know, she had to drive half an hour. Um, we left it there overnight. They fixed it the next day, dropped like almost a grand on my car. And it's like, Oh, this absolutely sucks. But other than that, life's been pretty good. So um, I guess without any further ado, since we've bored you for seven and a half minutes or whatever this has been, uh, let's jump into this episode. We're t- like I mentioned, we're talking about Hebrews 13, specifically Hebrews 13 verse 2. Uh, if you've been around our podcast for any significant amount of time, you know that from time to time we like to talk about biblical texts. Uh, for example, last January, I can't believe it's already been a year, but last January we did Jonuary, where we went through the book of Jonah basically line by line throughout the month talking about, I think we took one chapter each week since there's four chapters, four weeks where we explained uh, sort of in depth what that book is talking about. We've had episodes on like John and I don't even remember all the ones we've done, but it's, it's fun from time to time to talk about specifically a biblical text. And we, Lucas and I have this shared Google doc where we have episode ideas and there's literally this little segment that says weird slash interesting biblical texts. And 
Hebrews 13.2 was under that header. And I was like, oh, that'd be interesting because it's a somewhat interesting text. And uh, if you're not familiar, I'll just read it. This is in its context a little bit. It's Hebrews 13, 1 through 3. Uh, the, the author, uh, Apollos, says, Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them, and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. So verse 2 was that little segment that said, Don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. So that's our text today. That's what we're talking about. Uh, I kind of want to kick this over to Lucas and just sort of see how he approached this passage. This, to, to me, this is a little strange. It's a little foreign. I know that there's like biblical background here. You know, think about uh, Genesis where... Uh, the angels come down and visit Abraham and Lot and uh, the people want to sleep with the angels. And there's like that whole passage. So like it, this happens, right? Where, where, where biblical uh, characters, biblical people are encountering these angelic beings. Uh, but what is that? Does that, did that carry over into the New Testament? Does that carry over today? Does that mean sometimes maybe angels are still walking around, uh, in some sort of human-looking form on this earth, uh, what, what do you think, man? What do we what do we have to say here? I mean, I think like to answer that question, I think yes would be the short answer. Just I don't see why there'd be a difference. I don't I don't see any indication that you know the spiritual world is less um, present than it used to be. You know, but. When I was trying to figure out, like, what do we, what do I want to say about this passage? What do I think this this verse means? Like, what's going on here? Like, first, I wanted to look at like the context of uh, the paragraph and the chapter that that this verse is in, and and sort of see like how it fits into this section of Hebrews. But then also, like, the the first thing that came to mind is sort of like thinking back through, like, what are angels? Who are angels? What are angels? What do we know about you know, quote unquote angels, sort of a, a you know, a, a sh- maybe a shorthand for a few different things um, in terms of how we tend to refer to them. And, and so I kind of like thought back through just like the times, not every time, but some of the times that we see angels. And I, and I tried to come up with sort of like, at least, at least part of a picture of like what angels are, because I I thought that that would be helpful in trying to understand what it what it would mean to to you know uh, welcome angels as a guest or entertained angels. Uh, it, you know, in the RSV it says, uh, "Do not neglect to show hospitality, hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares." Um, like like what does it mean to you know? I'm imagining. You know, it. This isn't necessarily relevant in our culture so much, but but you know, the the traveler coming through town, you invite him in for dinner and, and give him uh, you know some a place to rest and, and whatnot in your home, and and that's an angel, right? And you don't know it. Like like I'm trying to think of like, well, what are angels that that would happen, or or you know, like what if if we're imagining a situation you know the first one that comes to mind is 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 like you said uh genesis 18 starting with abraham and also including lot in the end of that chapter like that's that that whole i mean it's kind of it's kind of two angelic visits <laughs> next to each other um but but like 
you know, like what does that what does that look like? And and I kind of have like these these three sort of categories that I feel like angels kind of fit into. And and we should probably dive deeper into this on another episode. But like in short, I feel like what we when we say angels, like I think we could sort of expand the, the that category to include like all different kinds of spiritual beings, right? That aren't necessarily all the same. Like like I don't think angels are all exactly alike the way that like human beings are all like in the same category of you know human or whatever but i think there's some variety that we see in scripture and a lot of that variety i think is reflected in what the angels do right so these these different categories or different you know types of spiritual beings that have certain tasks or responsibilities or activities that we see and, and I, I don't know a lot about, you know, like angelology and demonology. I know like for some, some uh, periods of time and some traditions within Christianity that there, there's a lot more emphasis placed on that than, than I've ever really been exposed to, which I think is super interesting. Um, and it's kind of why I said we should dive deeper. It'd be cool to do like, a, like do some reading in like, you know, different angelology like texts to see what, see what what's there but um but like you know like a big one is like isaiah 6 when he has his vision when he's in his prophetic call he sees the seraphim um you know the burning ones um which are probably these like fiery serpents it's really interesting um there's a lot of parallels with like other cultures around the world uh in in terms of this image of a fiery serpent sort of spirit you know heavenly being but but they're there worshiping, right? They're glorifying the Lord there. That, that's sort of the, the idea, at least I think, the idea that we get in Isaiah 6 is that's just sort of what they do. They, they are the ones that are like right next to the throne um, singing his praises. You know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts or, or forget the exact quote. But, um, but then there are other angels that do other things that are maybe a little more like from our perspective, close to earth, <laughs> down to earth, we might say. <laughs> um, but like one that, that I think maybe we forget about um, is in Daniel 10. There's this weird, I mean, we, honestly, this could be a, an episode on a weird passage too, just Daniel 10 in general. But Daniel's praying and an angel comes to him and says, I, I, as soon as you started praying, I started to come to you. But the prince of Persia was fighting with me, and so he delayed me, right? And I don't think that the Prince of Persia is like a human prince, right? I think there's, we see this, it, it, you know, in books like Ephesians or Colossians in the New Testament, um, we see all over the place, we see these ideas of rulers and principalities and authorities being these spiritual things or forces or persons, perhaps, not just, uh, you know, purely earthly or human right so i think there's this there's this maybe this is where angels gets even broader to include what we might call demons you know like maybe they're not all good um but like ruling over or having authority over or like having some kind of conflict with the kingdoms of the earth because that that angel also tells daniel that michael the archangel came and helped this guy overcome the prince of persia in order to come to daniel to give him like whatever vision or message he has for him like like i don't know what to make of that we, we're pro- you know 
probably gonna have to leave that there. <laughs> but like, so there's this some kind of interaction with like the, the the powers and the kingdoms of the earth. But then also like what the word in 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 Hebrew and Greek that we translate as angels means is just messengers. And so like stories like when Gabriel comes comes to uh, uh, announce to Mary the the message of uh, the incarnation, right? Like, like the function that Gabriel is fulfilling at that point is, is, is a messenger. And we see that all over the place elsewhere in scripture too. But like, so like angels are kind of all over the map in terms of like what they do. And I mean, even like the cherubim at the entrance to the garden of Eden with the flaming sword to keep Adam and Eve out. Like that's very different than like the picture of, the seraphim with the six wings praising God or Gabriel appearing to Mary in Luke two or whatever, Luke one, like, like there, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of variety, um, which doesn't get at the idea of entertaining them. But I think it does get at like, when we're talking about angels, like we're not talking about little babies with wings, but we're also like, we're we're not only talking about, you know, flaming swords guarding, you know, the Holy land or whatever. Like, like, there's the first thing I want to say basically is I feel like there's a lot going on with angels, like quote unquote angels, what we refer to as angels in this unseen spiritual world around us that, that, that is very real and very present, just like it was in the time of Abraham or the time of Mary. Um, so it is with us, I, I would say, at least we have no reason to doubt that in my opinion, but like, who we're entertaining unawares if we're entertaining angels like could be you know it's probably not a seraph <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah, i mean i don't know i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's the thing so I, I like that's where you started i like that you started with angels and the way that i sort of started to was similar I, I thought through like what 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 does the word angel mean what are some of the different places that angels appear elsewhere in scripture um, but then i did a juxtaposition I looked at the the text, so comparing verse one to verse two, and and I I consulted a commentary. I didn't go all that in depth. I, I have the the ESV expositors commentary. I have like five of the volumes that'll eventually be the full twelve or thirteen. That'll be the whole scripture um, or all of scripture. But anyway, I in looking at it, it, it it was interesting because he mentioned that in Greek, each of these f f first few verses, like the actual phrase, let brotherly love continue is like a word. And then don't neglect to show hospitality is like another word. It's not, you know, obviously in English, we have to enumerate it, make it longer so that we can understand it. Uh, but that first, that first verse, let brotherly love continue, that, that brotherly love is, is Philadelphia. That's the word that's there. So we're letting brotherly love continue. And the juxtaposition is don't neglect to show hospitality. That word is also has uh, the philo, the 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 love part or the um, yeah the, the love part, um, but it's it's stranger love. It's it's philozenia. So like where we get the word xenophobia or um, you know other words similar to that 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 word of stranger, somebody who's foreign. And so that's really interesting that we have those, we have let brotherly love continue and do not neglect stranger love. And 
for me, I, I approached this passage with this desire to sort of understand, like, what the heck does this mean that some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it? Because that just seems kind of crazy. I, I, I distinctly have memories even of, like, growing up in youth group and, you know, you're, it's, you're up late at night at camp one night and everybody's talking about, you know, this story they heard about a family member who thinks they encountered an angel because someone came to their door who needed help and... When they went to go help them, there were no footsteps in the snow or whatever. So, like, we've all sort of heard these stories. And I think if we're not careful, we can get too caught up on that, which is almost what I did. We can get too hung up on what does it mean that we're entertaining entertaining angels. At the end of the day, that's not the point of what is being said here. The, the author of this verse is saying, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Do not neglect loving strangers. And I think in this culture... And in our own culture, that is a very difficult thing to do. It's easy for us to love those who are close to us, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our siblings, whether it's our family or our, our friends. Uh, but we have a much harder time loving those who are the stranger. Uh, I mean, verse 3 goes on to say, Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them, and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. So obviously brotherly love must continue. But it must continue to, to strangers, too, to prisoners, to, to victims of mistreatment. And so I, I, one of the other things I wanted to do was, like, again, think about the context in which this was written. Uh, Hebrews is written to a people who are sort of dispersed. They, they've been sent from wherever they're from. They're, the, the author is writing to people who are likely Hebrew um, they're Christians, though, and and they're experiencing, or at least are about to experience, some sort of persecution for their faith. And you can imagine that during moments of intense persecution, you might have a little bit of hesitation. Like, what if what if the people that we are bringing in are spies? What if they're informants? What if they're people who have nefarious motives that want to, uh, you know, reveal our who we are to the world so that we're more publicly persecuted. Like that's a very real and tangible fear to have. Um, but, or I should say, for example, uh, when Saul or Paul uh, returned to Damascus, claiming to have become a disciple, many in the church at Jerusalem understandably viewed him with suspicion. I mean, that's what Acts 9 is sort of about. Acts 9.26, for example. This guy who has been ravaging the church suddenly declares, oh, I'm a member of this church too. You can you can sort of imagine that people aren't going to be all that quick to welcome or to be super embracing of, of this recent quote-unquote change. Obviously, he was dramatically changed. We, we, we know that from Scripture. We know that because he wrote most of the New Testament even. Uh, but if you think about like the actual people who were living and, and going through that experience, I think you would have some hesitation as well. You would have some... Uh, you know, some suspicions on, on how sincere this is. Uh, so this, the author of Hebrews is, is sort of maybe even counterbalancing that fear here with another possibility. Like you might be afraid that these people are spies and informants. You might be afraid that they're here for nefarious reasons, but some believers who extend hospitality to strangers, uh, you know, maybe you're going to discover that you've been entertaining the Lord, the Lord's angels. And whatever that means, you know, what on the one hand of like, what does what does it mean that they're angels? But also, what does that mean that like angels were in your care and you didn't even know? Like, it was God like testing you? Did God send these angels there to see like how you would interact with these strangers? I, I don't know. But I think at the end of the day, the 
the message still stands that we as Christians have a duty and a responsibility to to show hospitality to people, especially people that we don't know all that well. And so obviously you can take this into many different applications. Like what does this have to say about things like refugees or immigrants or um, some of these modern words and expressions of the quote unquote stranger? Um, what does this have to do with homelessness? What does this have to do with people who have differing political views than you? Um, I think maybe you could take this any number of ways. But at the end of the day, it, the text says, do not neglect to show hospitality. That is something that we as Christians need to do. We need we need to show hospitality. And I think one of the last things I'll say here before I kick it to you and see what you have to say is, uh, when I was at Moody, I forget the class. I want to say, didn't we have like a senior seminar? I feel like I remember something similar to that, but some sort of class where we were near graduating and they were sort of helping you wrap up your collegiate undergrad career and, and push you out into the, the world, into ministry. And we had to read this book um, by a professor from TEDS and it was called Saved by Grace and Hospitality. And it was a really interesting book that that obviously talked about uh salvation by grace through faith but it also talked about the very important role that hospitality plays in the new testament and i wish i could remember more of the book um, but i consulted it just very briefly looking at some of the texts that talk about what it looks like to to welcome the stranger to welcome the foreigner to um i mean that's what stories like the good samaritan or even stories about like jesus's own birth like being welcomed into the um the, the little stable in the manger and you know there was no place in the inn so this town that you know, people should have been more welcoming and hospitable. I mean, there's no room for them. There's no place. And so they, the, the Lord of the universe, the creator of the cosmos is born in a manger. Um, so anyway, that's, that, that's sort of some of what I have to say. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are here. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I, 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 um, I didn't take the time to look into sort of the language and so I didn't notice that, that parallel between, brotherly love and, you know, strangerly love, so to speak. Um, but I think that that is really like that, that doesn't surprise me at all to, to hear that it's such an obvious, like grammatical parallel, because it, it does seem like, as I was looking into the context of this sentence, like what's going on in the first, well, I mean, really the whole of chapter 13, but especially the first few verses, you know, he's, he's conclude, Paul is concluding his, uh, his letter to the Hebrews and, and he's sort of ending on these, you know, we might call like ethical exhortations, you know, like these very common, like, you know, I, you know, I've just spent 12 chapters, you know, explaining all this stuff. So like, this is how you should live kind of thing. Um, and especially if, if it is in fact true that Hebrews was originally preached as a sermon, like it makes sense that this is kind of where you'd end sort of like the, 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 you know, go, f you know, therefore go forth and do like this. And, and it's all these things, you know, it's, it's, it's love your brothers, show hospitality, even to strangers, you know, all these, these very like, you know, on one level, very predictable Christian exhortations. Um, but the point is like, this is, this is how, this is the setting that this, this encouragement to, um, to hospitality, which is the point. And it, it, the, the comment about the angels is just an aside, really, um, or a little bit of a, you know, icing on the cake of of why you would, you know, an extra motivation for why you would be willing to show hospitality to the next stranger that crosses your path or whatever. But but 
if you go even back, what's what's chapters 11 and 12 about? You know, 11 is the big list of of, you know, heroes of the faith all throughout the Old Testament. And then 12 is therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, cast aside the sin that so easily entangles, you know, and 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 it's this it's this 11, 12 and 13 fit together in this bigger sort of arc of look at all of these examples we have of people who are living by faith or who lived by faith therefore live like this like that's the the sort of you know my sort of cliff notes version of like the this final point that's wrapping up um the end of hebrews and chapter 12 goes on to talk about uh he's talking about the church um, and you know the the place that the believers, the Hebrew believers, have as those who have come to the church and all that kind of stuff, and all of this fits together into like this this uh, almost you know again, especially if it's a sermon, this sort of like dismissal into the world, like like yes, you're facing persecutions, yes, you're um, you're in diaspora probably, yes, you're you're suffering this and that, but like go and live like this because of all these things we know to be true. And part of that is showing hospitality. And it's like, these are, as Hebrew Christians, these are people who are intimately familiar with, not just because they were just reminded of these stories in in Hebrews 11, but just because of their background, they're going to be intimately familiar with Genesis 18 and with Joshua encountering the angel of the Lord at, at the on the banks of the Jordan and Isaiah 6 and, and the, the, you know, terrifying sort of, heavenly vision of the angels ministering to the Lord. And, um, you know, another thing that came to mind, which isn't necessarily something that these, these Christians would be aware of, but like, um, you know, we talk a lot about on this podcast about the road to Emmaus and, you know, Jesus is not just an angel, but like, you know, the Cleopas and the other disciples showed him, they, they, they not only like journeyed with him, without being aware of who it was, but then they showed him hospitality and look what happened. Jesus revealed himself to be in their presence in the breaking of bread. Like that's pretty, you know, I don't think that hosting angels happens every day. And I don't think that hosting Christ happens ever anymore in this way. But the point is like you, there's this, there's this, you know, there's not a sharp divide. I don't think between what we might call the spiritual realm and the material realm um, these these things are different, but there, there's not this sharp divide where angels and God and spirits are just separate from us, and we you know agree intellectually that they exist because we should, but like they're just kind of it's just kind of a fact that we accept that's out there. I think there's there's a lot more interaction to it, you know, and not all of it's good, but not all of it's bad either. And I think that um, we shouldn't go around being nice to strangers because we're hoping that. <laughs> an angel will bless us yeah. or whatever. But I do think there's something significant to the fact that like, I, I think the angel part is, is maybe even more powerful in the negative sense of like, you don't know who you're, if you're not showing hospitality to strangers, like you don't know who you're rejecting, mm. you know, like you, you, you might be rejecting someone a whole lot more powerful than just a stranger. Yeah. You know, like not that it's okay to reject a stranger who's just a stranger, but like, Show hospit- show this brotherly love. Don't let it, don't neglect brotherly love and strangerly love. And like part of that is 
because there's there's this whole much there, there's this whole bigger world than than we than we just see and like you know experience with our senses on the day to day basis. Um, but I think it, it it's funny. Like I thought this was going to be a really weirder verse when we when we Same. talked about it, yep. and and I, I I feel kind of boring being as vanilla as just hey be a Christian, <laughs> show hospitality. <laughs> but like, I really do think that that's kind of just what's going on here. And it's just like, hey, you know, like this isn't news to you. Sometimes angels show up and they look like people. Like, you know, if you know your Bible, you know that's true. <laughs> um, so so it, it like the weird part of the verse is really a lot less weird than, than I think it at first can sound to us. Um, but if there's anything quote unquote weird or out there or unusual, it's, 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 our own fault for not taking into consideration the spiritual um, nearly as, as seriously or as often or as, you know, with as much awareness as we should, I think. Mm. No, I agree. And that's, that's how I, that's how I felt too, which I I kind of like that conclusion. I kind of like approaching a text thinking this is going to be weird and then being like, Oh, it's just, be a Christian. I, I almost wonder, just a little peek behind the curtain, the other text we were considering is the one where the dude runs away naked from Jesus or whatever. Like, he, he his tunic is grabbed and he runs away without it. And it's like, what the heck is that all about? Like, I think we should still do that someday. But I don't know if we would reach the same conclusion as as we've reached here that, like, oh, yeah, run away naked, be a Christian. <laughs> like, maybe not, but... Anyway, yeah, that's 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 sort of a great place to leave it, I think, is is what Lucas said. I mean, we 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 live in a world that is is uh very disconnected from from one another as much as we think we're connected because of the illusion of social media, the illusion of uh, of technology even. We think we're so close and intimate with people, but we don't truly I think know them. We don't uh we don't get down into the dirt, into the mire, into the 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 difficult parts of life as frequently as we'd like to. And I'm speaking generally. I know that there are people that are out there doing really good things, but for your average casual Christian, just like your average casual Hebrew Christian, the the original audience here, uh, just as they would have received this, like uh, maybe the application, maybe the challenge for you listening to this is as you walk away, go read through Hebrews, go read through the, through the whole letter, understand, um, what it means to to be a, a Christian living in a land that isn't your own with the fear of persecution uh, and what it means to hold fast, what it means to not recant, what it means to not abandon the faith that was delivered to you. Um, and we in our, especially in our country, I think we, we don't have like a parallel. We can't quite understand what that's like living like the people of Hebrews would have been living. But can you imagine when you're the foreigner, you're the one who's in another land already. So in some sense, you are the stranger and the author here, who again, Lucas is Apollos, not Paul. Um, can you imagine having this person who you probably know and respect tell you, you know, let this brotherly love continue, keep doing this, but don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers even as you yourselves are a stranger in another land and i think many christians especially american christians would do well to ponder those thoughts uh, for a significant amount of time so that's where i'll leave it what we'll do is we'll pray here this is called grace active this is from the valley of vision and it says lord jesus Great high priest, thou hast opened a new and living way by which a fallen creature can approach thee with acceptance. 
Help me to contemplate, uh, contemplate the dignity of thy person, the perfectness of thy sacrifice, the effectiveness of thy intercession. Oh, what blessedness accompanies devotion when under all the trials that weary me, that cares that corrode me, the fears that disturb me, the infirmities that oppress me, I can come to thee in my need and feel peace beyond understanding. The grace that restores is necessary to preserve, lead, guard, supply, and help me. And here thy saints encourage my hope. They were once poor and are now rich, bound and are now free, tried and are now victorious. Every new duty calls for more grace than I now possess, but not more than is found in thee, the divine treasury in whom all fullness dwells. To thee I repair for grace upon grace until every void made by sin is replenished and I am filled with all thy fullness. May my desires be enlarged and my hopes emboldened that I may honor thee by my entire dependency and the greatness of my expectation. Be, uh, do thou be with me and prepare for me all the smiles of prosperity, the frowns of adversity, the losses of substance, the death of friends, the days of darkness, the changes of life, and the great change, uh, the last great change of all. May I find thy grace sufficient for all my needs. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope this was a somewhat interesting. Uh, an edifying conversation and let us know if there are any weird verses that uh, other than other than this one and then the naked guy and mark that come to mind for you that you'd like us to to try and unpack a little bit um but regardless thank you for listening to today's episode of the doxology podcast if you'd like to connect with us we are on twitter at doxology podcast you can always shoot us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear your feedback questions or any future episode ideas um regardless of what it is regardless of whether you loved it or hated it we'd love to hear from you um and until next time we'll see you